Hello and welcome to the Secure Our Future podcast series. This is episode eight, our final episode of this podcast series. I'm your host, Greg Spencer, and alongside with me is Tara Thompson. Tara, how are you doing today? Very good, other than the cold weather. It, it is a little cool. bit cold today, yeah, for sure, but don't don't worry. It's going to be 70 by Saturday. <laughs> so, uh, With me here today, or with us here today as well, is Superintendent Chuck Perry. Chuck? Good afternoon. Good to have you here. And also with us here is uh, Deputy Superintendent. Did I say uh, I got that wrong, didn't I? I think you got it right. That's <laughs> right. right. Yes. I felt like I was leaving something yes. else. Carla, Di- Dr. Carla Dias, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Well, we are glad to have you guys here to kind of wrap up this podcast series and talk about some of the final things. So let's, you want to start off with a rapid fire for us, Tara? You want to yeah, throw I think it out so. there? We've been talking about the bond for a long time now, but kind of in your own words, give our listeners a 30 second summary. What is the bond? What do they need to know? Well, I think the two things that I would like them to walk away with after listening to this is first and foremost, there's no tax increase tied to it. And then um, there's a large safety and security Uh, measure in there that will uh, make an impact on keeping not only our high schools secure with a perimeter fence around it, but also there's a lot of uh, investment in um, our radios and cameras and other things across the district to make sure we maintain an environment that keeps our kids and our staff safe every day. Dr. Dias, how about you? Oh, I agree completely. There's also the component of the uh, roofs and the heating and air which definitely does coincide with instruction because we need our students to be comfortable and safe. And so um, those are practical items, but they're very much needed. Okay. And when is the vote? It is November 14th, coming up quickly. All right. And what happens if it doesn't pass? Let's throw that out there. I think the big thing that um, 90% of our general fund, which is uh, revenue that we receive from the state, uh, that's tied to salaries throughout the district. We're the largest employer in Broken Arrow, 2,500 employees. And um, if, if these maintenance-type issues, safety and security items, um, technology, uh, we have $18 million dedicated to technology on this bond, They'll, they will have to come from somewhere else, and that somewhere else will be from our general fund, which pulls money away from the teachers that we hire. And we've made a concerted effort to keep our classroom sizes manageable for our teachers. And, um, you know, classroom sizes could grow larger if it does not pass. And we spend this money on these needed maintenance items and technology to keep up with uh, ever-changing world we're teaching and living in. And is there a required number of people that have to vote? for this or how does that part work? Uh, that's a big thing on the education uh, bond issues. It's 60% uh, majority that is needed. So we, every vote counts and we need people to get out there and vote uh, on this one. And for some, said, oh, sorry, for some of our younger voters or maybe people that don't vote that often, where do they go to find out their polling locations? If you go to our website, baschools.org, there is a link there that will take you to our bond issue that you can actually make it convenient to plug in your address and it will tell you your polling place uh, that you do go vote. It's a little different from, for this one since it's not a statewide election. So um, I encourage people to go there and look that up before they go. Well, I know from our episode where we interviewed some of the students, they said that you came and spoke to them as well. Have you guys had a chance to kind of gauge the interest of getting out there and voting by our students? I. I know, um, um, was it you, Ms. Thompson, that went and spoke to mm-hmm. our students mm-hmm. and um, those that have turned 18? I think it's yeah. part of that 
uh, civic responsibility to get out there and vote, and we want them plugged in to um, our school district and feel engaged by it and the whole political process. Um, I think it's a great learning tool to encourage them to get out and vote and realize uh, they do matter and their vote counts. And I will give a shout out to that group. We had about 40 students from the leadership team that were there, and they hands down asked the best questions that any group have asked throughout the entire campaign. Um, I mean, no offense to our Chamber of Commerce (laughs) and the seniors that we're talking to, but our our students asked fantastic questions. Uh, Speaking of voting, didn't you bring up that we can vote Early. That's And you said November 9th and 10th? That's correct. Okay. Yes. Now, one caution, if you are an early voter, make sure you know what polling place is, because as an early voter, my um, precinct is different for early voting. So again, if you intend to go out and vote early, hop online, just double check that where you're going on that day, the 9th or the 10th, is actually the polling place, because it could be a little different than the normal normal poll. No extra process involved for people with that? Nope. Okay. Let's touch on some of the topics. Let's let's kind of reiterate some of the things that we've talked about before, but explain why there are four separate questions and how that works. Legally, how we had to break it apart, um, there are four different resolution items that people will be voting on, and each one of them are independent of uh, one another. So um, question one is the um, meat of the bond issue with $48 million tied to it, and that's the safety and security component, the technology piece, the roofs, the um, HVAC units, and all those other items that we have, including a uh, south transportation hub that will improve our transportation system that we have now. The second question deals um, with our busing uh, buses, and we have to Again, by state law, separate those out, and that will be solely used to purchase uh, the big yellow dogs, the the buses that we see on the road every day. And then questions three and four are uh, from our 2015 bond issue. Question three deals with our elementary number 17 that was slated to be built and is still slated to be built in um, 2025 unless this is passed. And instead of building that, we would build pods onto existing elementaries, and this would be brick-and-mortar pods, not modular. Uh, they will look seamless with the current buildings and increase, increase classroom um, capacities uh, across our district by being mm-hmm. able to add more classrooms than we would be able to by just building elementary 17. And with question four, um, that has to do with our aquatic center that is scheduled again to be built in 2025. Um, It was um, on the bond ballot back in 2015 to be built there at the Kirkland Activity Complex next to our soccer fields. And this gives us opportunity to uh, build it elsewhere. There will be uh, no less dollars allocated towards the project It'll just be the location because we're looking for a partnership to help with the operational costs to service and to run a pool uh, is quite high. So those those partnerships that we could um, join with the city or a private entity allows us to be able to uh, build that uh, pool aquatic center elsewhere within the city. Again, it does not affect the time frame nor does it affect the money that is uh, dedicated to that project. And one thing, Mr. Perry, uh, a question I've heard a couple times is about the third question about adding those pods onto the elementaries. We just want to clarify that we wouldn't 
over uh, populate any elementary school. So we would consider uh, adding offices as needed, parking spots, those types of things to the schools as well. Good point. And to be clear, we're not looking at some of our older elementaries for those. We're really looking at some of the five newer elementaries that are already sized to We're handle all, those, right. those yeah, designed for those purposes. Looking at those expansion. sites that have that overcrowding, highest enrollment, trying to keep kids in their current schools so mm-hmm. we don't have to redistrict as many students. That's a great point. Okay. All right. Um, We're going to have more pool questions here in a second, but I want to circle back to the ballot. So Mm -hmm. one question that is um, a little bit confusing for folks, we have posted sample ballots at our school site so people can see it ahead of the election. We've also put it on our website. But what will people actually see on the ballot when they show up to vote that day? Will it be one question? What will that look like? It'll be four separate questions that they'll have to vote four separate times for. So uh, and you can't, there's not a vote for all, yes or no on it. It's just, you will have to go through and individually vote for those four. Okay. People are looking at these and you see, we get mm. questions and comments on some of these podcasts and the, the posts we do, but a lot of these items are routine expenses that are within the bond. Kind of talk a little bit about how this kind of, you know, di- differentiates between the routine maintenance that we have throughout the year and why we have to, you know, go after a bond issue like this. Due to our growth back in 2015, when that bond issue was created, we were dealing with um, population of of school growth enrollment that was far out exceeding our capacity during that time period. And that bond, and along with the 2009 bond, addressed a lot of new construction. And there were not a lot of dollars that were, um, you know, reserved for those routine maintenance things that come up and um, there are things all the time that hit our budget with the storm this summer at BAFA that hit um, our roofs there and our grandstands and press box. Um, we have what anyone can imagine with um, 27 plus sites and buildings. We have um, flooding from time to time. And, you know, all that is wear and tear and effects on a building that you have to keep up with. So this is goes above and beyond to keep a standard of excellence that we have in Broken Arrow that I think our parents and patrons expect uh, for our students. Um, that's something that, uh, we, you know, we take great pride in is uh, our facilities. And there's no doubt, I always like to say that people make the place, but um, it part of the culture still is you've got to have a a great environment for learning to keep our, um, again, technology up to date, our classrooms up to date. We just uh, went through this summer and updated all of our smart boards in our elementary that were a lot of them weren't working properly and the bulbs to replace them were getting quite expensive to our BenQ system where it's like an interactive TV TV that people are touching and, you know, um, learning from a device such as that is uh, a lot more conducive than the older smart boards. Well, when you, when you talk about just in general, the two bond issues that passed the 2014, 15, what was the previous one? Before 2009. That? 2009. Uh, what's the number of schools that we've added since those bonded? When you think about, it? I know it's a lot not to put anybody on the spot there to try and, and do the math, but you, you talk about, you know, just the the, the overall footage. growth and the amount of maintenance required mm-hmm. by just all that we've added building wise since then is tremendous. And not to get too technical, but either one of you might speak to the annual allocations that happen because um, school finances 
<laughs> our CFO will, will hate it that I say this, very boring if you get down to it. But, but there are some complexities to it that um, the average citizen might not know about. So talk a little bit about those annual allocations so that we don't give the impression that we're just letting everything fall to pieces between bond issues. When Mr. Perry was speaking, I was thinking about the 2015 bond. We had no idea what technology was going to look like now. Yeah. So at that time, we weren't all the way one-to-one, let alone uh, one to stay at the elementaries. So all of our sites now have a one-to-one ratio of Chromebooks. Without this type of bond passing, we could never do that. We don't purchase textbooks out of bond money, but um, people think, well, you have Chromebooks. Why do you need textbooks? We still have to pay for all those licenses. So we use our textbook funds for the licenses, but we still have to have all those devices for students. So that's a big thing. And those aren't going down in price. No, those are not going down. Um, We buy a lot of our instructional uh, supplies and needs out of the bond. We get an allocation annually, kind of like you were speaking about. Um, We budget. So any of our interventions that are online for students, we purchase using those funds. Um, Any licenses that we can purchase, we use those funds. And then the other departments do similar things. So like you said, we don't get all of our money at one time. We have to budget every year um, and be very mindful so that we can stay within our budgets, like a household budget. Um, But then prices increase, but our budget doesn't increase. I think that's a good point of everything that people are feeling uh, as a family with their home and everything's two to three times the cost that it was several years ago. I was in line a quick trip this morning getting getting some breakfast for my kids and the lady (laughs) at the checkout line was just like, you know, what, what were you talking about? Like Uh asking about the price, like that's how much it is. Like you get a lot of that these days, just like you go, you go to a fast food restaurant and you're, you know, checking out at, you know, Taco Bell and it's like $13. It's like, how did that happen? And I I think things are just constantly on the rise. That, that ties back into question number three about adding the pods um, to our existing sites, because um, if we did build elementary 17, it's only going to uh, hold about three to 400 students. Well, that max, uh, max mm-hmm. and that was uh, not projected back in 2015 when those dollars were set aside for that site. And uh, we're, we would be looking at a 500, 600 plus elementary. And so these... Um, and then you got to hire all new staffing mm-hmm. with, Absolutely. with those things. And, yeah. So I, I think just the cost of everything really will be, um, you know, impacted by this bond issue, whether it passes or not, um, I guess what we spend on those items would, will, will be uh, impacted. You said you wanted to go back to the pool later. We're, yes, we're yeah. later now. Let's yeah, I, people are really interested in this one, and they have a lot, a lot more questions before the vote. So one of the things that um, we've seen um, in some of our um, thought exchange and then on Facebook is, can you explain a little bit more what would the relationship look like with the city? Who owns the pool? Who operates it? How is it beneficial to the taxpayers to engage in a partnership like that rather than the school just building it itself? So any details you can share about that, I think they would appreciate. We talked with uh, several school districts who run uh, aquatic centers as part of their uh, school district, and they said operational costs can be anywhere from six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars a year with the chemicals and what it takes to uh, heat and cool a building um, such as that. And it's something our uh, twim program definitely deserves, and it's long overdue in this community. Um, but at the same time, it is um, something where we'd love to find some revenue generating um, pieces of it with uh, being accessible to our community. 
and um, the swim programs, club swim programs across uh, the Tulsa area. And so to do that, we will uh, need somebody to help partner with us and to run that on a daily basis above and beyond what our swim program would use. So that partnership, um, such as the city, if we built that over at Elam Park on the south part of town, that would allow us to um, y- you know, use some of their, um, I guess, resources and um, manpower to help us uh, make this something that cannot only be used for the school, but also for the entire city. And I think um, I, I see it being open from early morning till uh, in the you know late in the evening on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean the last thing you want to mm-hmm. do with a facility of that size and cost is to just let it know, sit, be limited yeah. in what you're mm-hmm. doing with it. And this has been a fairly recent idea. Is that fair to say too? That is correct. And even if this um, question four passes, it will not uh, necessarily mean we build it off-site from Kirkland Activity Complex. It just gives us the option to do that since we're still several years away from um, having those monies available. It gives us some options to plan. So uh, it's not set in stone that we'd build it off-site. And it also it will not impact the amount that's dedicated to the, to the aquatic center or the timeline. That is, that is correct. We want to build a great facility for our swim program that they can be proud of and um, use to practice in really year round. Our swimmers are a very dedicated group that mm-hmm. uh, they are a unique athlete and it has that program has unique needs. And as a school district, I think this is a, a missing piece of the puzzle that, uh, again, probably should have been here much earlier. But the time is right now, and wherever we built it, it'll be a first-class facility. And I can speak from experience on days when we've tried to do media days there and, and even live stream from the existing facility that they that they use. For, uh, it's very crammed for, yes. <laughs> for the amount yeah. of kids and then the people you try to fit mm-hmm. in there. So, All right, Terry, do you want to talk about any final thoughts in terms of obviously we've, we've reiterated to people that this will not raise any taxes, but I know that we sometimes get some questions about if it doesn't pass, could it possibly lower taxes? Absolutely. Is that anything you want to touch on? Um, yes, because we do want to be fully transparent with all the information that we're putting out there. Um, my response to that thus far, whenever we get those questions, is yes, your school taxes, your school property taxes could drop. Um, it's difficult to say person to person because it depends a lot on where they live. Yeah. Do they live in city limits? Which county do they live in? Um, because we straddle both Tulsa and Wagner counties in this district. So I hesitate to answer it per person, just not knowing their background. But theoretically, if the bond did not pass and we did not replace those bonds that were expiring, then yes, their school property taxes could go down. So really what voters are having to consider when they go to the polls is, is that 2 to $4 that I might save on my property taxes, is that worth not investing in the schools or should I you know, go ahead and invest those dollars back into the school? Um, that's a difficult question to answer. Yeah individual like that, but there are plenty of resources out there where you can go and look and see how your property taxes are currently being affected and would be affected if it went away. Well, I appreciate the transparency of that and to know that we did look at even raising millage rates and, in you know, putting this out to vote where it would uh, potentially increase taxes. And we were very cognizant of the economic times we're living in, the inflation that families are dealing with, and we wanted to 
you know, keep it level where it's at. And we have historically just uh, had great support from our patrons uh, with the bond issues and something that we're very proud of in Broken Arrow. And uh, again, that's why we need people to get out and vote. And if people wanted to dive deeper in some of the financial um, records for past bond issues, all that's also on our website. Um, we've got all, Link's not right. only Link will be right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not only in the uh, comprehensive annual report, which is audited by an external group, but then also <laughs> we're legally required to publish uh, financial transparency statements every mm-hmm. month on our website. So um, if you're a person who likes numbers or um, you know need something to lull you asleep at night, those mm-hmm. I would highly recommend those financial reports. And I apologize to our finance team who lives and breathes that stuff, <laughs> but, and they're really good at it. Yes, they are. <laughs> And we have a podcast with Natalie on it back back at the beginning of the series if you want to listen to her thoughts. But uh, to wrap it up here, and Carla, we'll start with you. People should vote on November 14th because? It's going to have a direct impact on student learning and safety, for sure. Chuck, same question for you. I would say that it is a situation that not only impacts our students, but our entire community. And with strong school districts come um, increased property values. There's a safety aspect in it. And with our city, um, we want to put out a workforce that is beneficial to this area. And I think it helps the whole, even if you don't have students in the district currently, um, I think it's a, a, an important thing that you're engaged and tied into your local school district because it does have an impact on our community as a whole. Tara, any final thoughts from you? Honestly, at this point in the bond issue, I'm ready to just vote and let's get this thing over with. I'm tired. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for being here and really everybody that joined us on all these episodes. If you missed any of them, they're very easy to find. Like I said, the link is right here to go back and watch any of them. And on top of that, there's just a ton of information that you could possibly want. There's you can accuse of, accuse us of a lot of things, but you can't accuse us from <laughs> withholding information. But it's all out there. Go out and vote November 14th. And, and we appreciate you guys for watching it. We appreciate you guys for joining us. And that's the final episode of the Secure Our Future podcast series. So we will not see you next time. But be sure and watch all the other Aerovision Podcast Network podcasts. Thank you, guys.